Welcome to Movie to Beer, everybody. This is Dan bringing us in, and we have a very hilarious, fun episode in the pipeline for you. And we have our wonder, wonder, wonderful friends and co-hosts. That's three whole wonders. That's pretty impressive. Well, there's three of you, so I've got to extend. None of the math works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's we a wonder watched, for each of us. We watched a, an awesome film, but we before did. we do that. Well, before I do that, introductions. Uh, uh, well, thanks for joining us, listener. I'm Aaron. I'm your abstract tattoo expert. Ooh, abstract. I'm your ho- uh, wonderful host, Blake. I'm your stone tablet expert. Stones. I'm Brian. I am your fire expert. Fire! Oh! All right, so we... Uh, so we watched Backdraft. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did not watch Backdraft. But what? we could have. We could have. We watched The Fifth Element, which is a Luc Besson. Was this his first or second film? No, oh, no, he, it's like he third did or fourth. Several, third or fourth? He did a yeah, bunch of them. All right. yeah. This was right after The Professional. Okay, Leon. So Leon. He, he had done a few things prior to this, and we were out at Cerveza, which is in our neighborhood. And this today is a holiday, so we had a fun time trying to find a place that was open, and we found a place open. And hey, well, Cerveza we, we had fun finding a place because we had a recent snow freeze. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the weather in Portland's been weird. Portland's been, been kind of creepy, but hey, we found a place that also had beers available to take home. And we were sitting there, and as we were walking in, Brian said, hey, why don't we get something for each of the elements? And I was like, that's an awesome idea. Let's get day drunk. And so we did. So we did. <laughs> no, we didn't. We had I'm a day flight, buzzed. A flight day buzzed. of five tasters. We, we did. did. Five yeah. tasters. One for each element. Some of us have moved on to a sixth taster because we're luscious like that. You've moved on to a sixth taster. Uh, we're not going to talk about that one. But Actually, I did too. I, I will briefly, briefly, briefly state <laughs> the companies that we got these beers from and what element they represented. Well, this is this is good to disclaim for our listening yes. audience because five is a lot to try it's and keep track a of. a lot of when, tasters. When you're thinking of if you're not a professional and you've got these flavor profiles and you're trying to remember, oh, was it beer three that uh, had the uh, the grapefruit and, and pine or was it beer two? two? And once Brian said that, I was like, well, we have to do them in order that they, at the end of the movie, and we're going to make some assumptions that everyone has already seen this movie because it's been out for quite a little while. Also, if you haven't, just, just 1997. 1997. Even if you wow. haven't, saying the order that the elements are applied is not a spoiler. Not really a spoiler. With so, no context, you're, we're basically saying gibberish. So, well, I mean, if we say what the fifth element is, that's kind of a spoiler. Butts. Yes. There. Spoiled. Or not. The fifth element's butts. The fifth element is not butts. What? No. no you, we're watching the same it, movie? It, it you were watching Backdraft. You were watching Backdraft. <laughs> On my phone, yeah. It was a, everyone was very mad at me. <laughs> All right. So here's the Beers the really fifth quickly. backtrack of butts. Really? We, 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 we did 4 and 20 from <laughs> Culmination Brewing, which represented air because they have birds on the on the label. So and it's like, oh, they're flying in the air. It represents air. And birds are real. And birds are real. Yeah. Please don't get them started. Oh, my gosh. Let's no good. Let's hey, not I go said there. they are real. Come on. They are. Okay. Uh, total Domination from Ninkasi, which has a mountain on the label, was number two. And that represents Earth. And then we had Great Notion Long Rain, which represents water, because it does have rain in the title, and there's rain. That's R A I N, not R E I G H N. Correct. R E I N. Long Rain, and it's or it's kind rain, of a sad. It's kind of a sad label. It's like green and rainy and sunny. So it's like that sounds oh, awesome. Liquid sunshine, which happens here in Portland, and then our fourth element was fire, and we have cold fire brewing. So we did it from the name. A uh, really interesting IPA that we got from them. And the fifth element was a collaboration that I had found. Not from Cerveza, but from another place. And I'll talk about that later on when we talk about the fifth one. But this is a Hedy Alice Upright Brewing BIPA. So this is a Belgian-style IPA. A little funky, a little weird, as people are. Because we collaborate and we do stuff and it's all about love. And, and you really have to love that style in order to drink this beer. Cause spoilers, it's a Dan. Little He's just talking about Bob Marley. Yes. That, that song, One Love? Yes. It's so, a great song, Aaron. So Stop laughing. in the 23rd century, a New York City cabbie, Corbin Dallas, played by Bruce Willis, finds the fate of the world in his hands when Lee Lu, played by Mila Jokovic. Jokovic? Jokovic. How do you say uh, that? I think Yoke. Jokovic falls into his cab. As the embodiment of the fifth element, Lilu needs to combine with the other four to keep the approaching great evil, otherwise known as Satan. Satan? Satan? Are you are Satan? you editorializing, or does it say like, un, or does it say Satan in the, I, the copy? I, I, maybe he but, found a weird it, website. From destroying the world. All right. It, so together- Satan was never mentioned in the film. Dan, Dan reads Ian from Holm, his notes he makes. Ian, Ian Holm 
Uh, which gladly. is Father Vito Cornelius. Cornelius has said a bunch in this movie, which is kind of funny it's because it's word. like, what? And then the, the zany broadcaster, Ruby uh, Rose! Played by Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, which is, I think, we, we had talked, and we think this is one of his first roles. That it's kind probably, of really broke it's probably after Friday, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Let me it, look that and, up because Friday, I feel like Friday was this. And movie. they're they're kind of working against Mr. Zorg, played by Gary Oldman, who gets second billing on John this. Emmanuel, Bet, uh, John Baptiste Emmanuel mm-hmm. Zorg. <laughs> yes. Okay. Best so, name in cinema. Introduction to the movie. This this is as as we all know, it's been out for a long time. It's been on TV a number of times. If you haven't seen it, you I should. own it on Blu-ray. No big deal. Yeah, we've. A number of us have seen it more than a dozen times, so we can quote a lot of lines. We're not going to do that during this podcast. I think that podcast. number is two. Two of us seen have seen we it. Need a multi-pass. Oh, we need that multi-pass. Uh, I we would were, say three of us. We oh. were seen literally it multiple times. We were literally sitting at Cerveza in the bar, having in the bar area, having some <laughs> food, and I started kind of got a little loud about it, and the people <laughs> sitting at near the bar. us were looking at us like, "Oh." Fifth element. Fifth element. Multi-pass. I was like, "Yes, they they get yeah. it." I was like, "This is a great film." It has all the elements of a great hero's uh, journey. All the elements. elements, everybody drink. Each time we say the word element. Or fifth. We, we, we also, yes. I'll we, drink a fifth to that. While we, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> while we did have five beers, we only did taster glasses, and some of us only had half taster size, and then we drank water in between each, because if you don't hydrate, mm, it's going to get ugly. L- Lilu dihydrate pass. Yes. So multi-pass <laughs> on that. All right, I'm going to multi-pass over to my left. Well, uh, so... Like it. The, this, this is one of several films where we have a protagonist that is, by random circumstance and a stroke of luck, thrust into events and, and situations much larger than themselves. And I think there's a lot of movies where it's like, you know, protagonist is kind of minding their own business, in this instance, driving a cab, and literally something falls out of the sky, and suddenly... This person is now on on this heroic quest. If they, you know, if they choose to to accept it, I'm kind of wondering. Like Fifth Element, does it do it better than other movies that have the same setup? Oh, you mean uh, Die Hard? Because you lit. <laughs> that's why I was making faces yes. at Aaron. The way you're describing it, Bruce Willis's character in Die Hard goes to see his ex wife at her party. Yes, and then due to events outside of his control, has to uh, save right. the day. I, I was I was not saying events. Die Hard. Oh my god. Oh my god. But I it's write an essay about this. But it's a common. It's a common setup. With oh film, yeah. Right. I yeah. Mean, one of my favorite much. tropes is the the hero who's uh, thrust into hero dumb. Who's right. the, right. the reluctant right. hero. Right. So is this a better reluctant hero? Is this better executed as a it's reluctant different. hero setup? It's perfect. I mean, this movie is she's pretty perfect. flawless. This, uh, yeah. yeah, she's perfect. Well, she's they said so in the movie. She's perfect like a dozen it, times. This, this film, I would say, rises above most of the others, mm-hmm. primarily because of art direction and, uh, art beautiful. and the stellar acting. Right. I mean, there are a lot of great actors in this, a lot of great character actors that... Play their characters very well. Play their character. I mean, there is a a list er- actor yeah. and someone who would eventually become a list character mm-hmm. actor A-lister. in in terms of Gary Oldman. Yeah. I mean, he was not that well known when he played this part. Well, I mean, like Ru- Ruby Rod is such a memorable character. Right. Lilo, Chris and- Tucker. This was one of right. his first roles. Yeah, fr- Friday. And I, I it would up, say two years before this, he shone. I mean, he left it all on the screen. He did. Mm-hmm. He did screaming all back at all. <laughs> I mean, all. He, and he, he he's one of the most memorable characters in film, I would say. Yes. Mm-hmm. His yes. character, Chris Tucker, Ruby Rock. Just, just running around uh, yelling, uh, "Oh my god, Corbin! Oh my god!" <laughs> right. God, I, I I always forget for some reason that towards the the end of Act Two, when the uh, Mangalores, right? Yeah. Mangalores. The, the, the space orcs uh, show up and start causing trouble. He's still on the radio. They didn't cut or anything because right. the it's future. It's a live broadcast. It's a live right. broadcast of him like <laughs> being shot at and running around with this reluctant hero. Well, the, the other thing I want to say, we, we mentioned art direction a moment ago. I want to say the costumes. Oh yes. my God. So right. so often I feel like uh, being a costumer must be kind of a, like a damned job in Hollywood because you can only mess up. If you get the costumes wrong, if you've got a wristwatch and a sword and sandals Roman era movie, people notice. Which we've mentioned Right, before. which you mentioned. <laughs> but here, this is, I think, is a good example where the costumes actually add to the movie and help to elevate it. There, I think, yeah. uh, is there any other example that you guys can think of where the costumes are so well done? Star Wars. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, well, I mean, Dan's Star right. Like, was like immediate. Wow. I'm impressed. Well, the hero, the heroes Dune. are dressed. The heroes Dune. are dressed in earthen soft yes. tones. Like mm-hmm. they're all. It's all yes. very like this is you know normal and human. And then the the empire is in stark whites and blacks. Yes. It's, right. It's a it's, uh, very colorless. Right. Yeah, so typical really sci-fi. I mean, sci-fi really, really pulls on that a lot when they do descriptions. I, I wouldn't say fantasy does so much, but I know like the sci-fi things that I've read and a lot of the movies I've seen use color effectively. Like kind that. of black hat, white hat. Yeah, if we can still and, use. And this words. one really, I mean, Blake pointed out like the first time you see the Mangalore dudes, it's no, a single color. They're Aaron, all the Aaron same. Point art, that they're out. all green. They were monochrome. I pointed out that there's a lot of orange. The same color green, and then <laughs> well, there's no, a whole lot of orange. Said, yeah, like, yeah her, her hair matched his shirt and yeah. matched her suspender. He, he's got thing, blonde yeah. hair, which Bruce Willis never had blonde hair. I don't no. think. <laughs> Not naturally. <laughs> Not naturally. Super now. short. So, it but, been uh, but the color was was used to good effect here because the the Mangalores were monochrome. They were this kind of gritty. It wasn't quite green. It wasn't quite olive. It wasn't quite gray. But then you it should was, look out it for... It was industrial. It was just industrial But color. then Zorg was pretty colorful. He was uh, wearing yep. some shiny suits and laying off millions of employees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he had like Multicolor. this technicolor... Like, this, this beautiful hybrid of Ross Perot rainbow. and Bugs Bunny. Yes, basically yeah. like a rainbow. Di- Dichroic. Yes. Yeah. The, the name of his costume. Hey, the color change. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. yeah. I also um, love the uh, just the fashions. I point out to Brian, like the the one of Ruby Rod's uh, entourage has a half sh- like shaved head. Like when, when it's just barely buzz cut, like, yeah. but then the other well, half was fully you know, bald. Uh, fashion designer Jean Paul Gaultier, Gaultier. Des- designed at least uh, the Corbin Dallas and Leilu's costumes. I don't know if he did anything else in the costume design, but they got an actual uh, French fashion designer to Pret-a-porto. do the costumes. Pret-a-porto. Ready to wear. Yeah. One of a kind. And, and that makes sense because mm-hmm. Mila Jovovich uh, before was a runway model. Yeah, right? she's so wearing them straps, those white straps yeah. at the beginning. Like she wore those for like, I don't know, a good 20 minutes of their half an hour of the film. Yeah, yeah. A lot, good, a lot of action scenes in, in basically <laughs> medical tape. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, good luck. Are they, is that leather or polyester? I don't and know then what the, that uh, looks like. Vinyl. And the cop outfits were great. Like the, the weird bulky you're, uh, Aaron is saying like a sunglass the helmets the helmets came yeah, down and kind of half obscured helmet. yep half obscured their faces and they had a giant spotlight on their chest I wonder how much of that was inspired by Judge Dredd it sounds like I mean we were we were I mean that's a British out. property but I could see Basan yeah. going that's kind of cool we we called out a number of like oh that looks kind of like that and that was kind of like that like we we oh, saw yeah. some stuff homages, homages. to mm-hmm. other sci-fi films. and I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because they're yeah. pulling from what was successful before and they're yeah. like hey yeah copying is not necessarily i wouldn't say they copied but they drew inspiration from a lot of those things oh, of and course there's, there's some not yeah. one-to-ones but i think you know blade oh. runner and star wars and all those all those yeah, sci-fi oh, yeah movies the, uh, that the, the, the tight cart that flew around because there's yeah. flying cars in this there's, yeah. there's a line to deliver a world of difference though between appropriation and and like an homage and i think this was an homage uh, yes. when, yeah. when we did I, see I would agree. That. Yeah. it wasn't done explicitly and it was is, just there this adds to the world building a world building stuff, world building yeah. and this is incredible they just they'll throw stuff at you it's like the mad max movies they'll give you stuff where there's no not a lot of detail but you see it and go, yeah, that makes sense. That's how, I, I, that's yeah. how it is. There's so, parasites in, in aircraft. There's- so here's a question is because that made like the parasites that fell out, the tribbles in Star Trek, having visual cues that were similar, did that make the success of this film even more so? Because people drew themselves into, hey, I've seen that. It's familiar. I think it being different is what drew people in. I, 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 it feels I very from French. Visual cues, I, from I, visual I think cue, it was though. successful because yeah. he had uh, symbols that we understood, and so it was shorthand for the storytelling. He didn't have to lay it all out for us, and, and therefore he could tell yeah. us more story. I, I agree. Mm. I agree. I think it was kind of icing on the cake, so to speak, where um, you know that world building helps, and the uh, you know some of the the in- innovative and like the the way that this is sci-fi, but it's different sci-fi. I think that helps, but it all has this st- structure of a story and characters that we care about. Oh, that we like can Luke Perry's to. character in the beginning, very yeah. important, Who, big deal. Yes. The only reason I watched this movie, he didn't even get top ten billing. Like he was only on screen for like. He, he drew minutes. and shot a gun. Yes. Well, he, he had yeah. as much screen time as, uh, who was the kid? The kid that kept falling asleep. Yeah. Oh, Aziz. 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 Light. Light. Yeah. Aziz. He, yes. he had as much screen time as, as Aziz did. Well, and, and okay, that first scene, we had talked about it. It kind of feels like it's not even part of the same film. Correct. Right. It was a necessary framing, framing element. element. Yeah. Like backstory, exposition. Mm-hmm. Was it the 12th but element? It, 
Yeah. Uh, but, po- poison but, in the water? <laughs> but the, I, I would say if you're going to watch this for the first time, dear listener, get beyond the first scene. Yeah. Because it is really just setting the stage for something much mm-hmm. richer that's going to happen later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a little slow in the start. You get cool, large, creepy aliens that look like Volgons. But yes. they won't read you any poetry. It's fine. I, I, I pointed that out. I was like, oh, the, here we're, we're like channeling our inner... Uh, Checkers Guide of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I was like, was that... No, the movie came out way later than this. So I was no, like, yeah. It was, was like, well, the books the books and radio plays have been out well before this, but I don't know if they described uh, the Volgons like that. What? But they look just like them and what they were on screen. It I was, was like, similar. Oh, my gosh. That's There's the some key same differences. Thing. The Volgons are more bureaucratic. Yes. Uh, so Although, there is a lot of bureaucracy in this movie. Yes. <laughs> if I can ask, uh, I mean, this, this no. primarily was a French production. Yes. And I'm wondering, we, like, how we, do we see the French influence... Je suis un anglophone américain. Je m'appelle Blake. Uh, right. But je uh, suis how un, do we... un pan of bread. Wait, but, it, I mean, there are, there are some instances where, you know, like, humor, or maybe, you know, the emphasis with costume design or, or elsewhere, um, you know, were there French influences? Were there, you know... I think the French? I think the music was pretty French. Like, you, you guys kept pointing out, like, the Egyptian... That was Like, me. kickoff kind of vibe <laughs> of, like, the yeah. car chase... Uh, I noticed like the little uh, comedic saying that went like do 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 yeah. do every I time something the, silly the was sound... going to happen. It was very that felt very French. It was a little slapstick, but yeah, still f- like classy and sexy. The the engineering and the soundtrack were really effective. I think the yeah, sound yeah. emphasized some certain points of the film that helped and didn't hinder. I mean, shoot, it made things kind of nice before a, a dude got blown up because he was like the fifth person to try and claim he was Corbin Dallas. Yes. <laughs> No, I'm Corbin. And then the, the fight scene with the uh, Lee Lu and the Mangalores was, was felt very like not not super Jerry Lewis, but like okay, there's some like actual choreography here. And then she did like a slapity slap 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 and then back punch forward punch. This is yeah, it, pretty a little goofy. three stooges. This is pretty it, goofy. It, yeah, it yeah, felt yeah. Choreographed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's where some people say that, yeah, okay, so this film shouldn't be considered a great or up there. And I think it should, because it did provide a vehicle to show that sci-fi can be serious enough, but not serious enough to be both entertaining and, yeah, and have acting. There's, there's and some relatively serious themes in this film. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, like innocence lost and yeah. what, it's so, just what, being, what, whole, being whole. All right. So the, the acting is phenomenal. Yeah. The art direction is fom- phenomenal. And I, w- I would also say kind of the French take on opera is God, that was cool. fascinating and well done. There, mm-hmm. there is a scene where an alien sings an aria, which starts as classic opera and becomes this hip hop opera mix. Right, and it's fun- phenomenal. It blew me away the first time I saw it uh, twenty years ago. One of us was saying that uh, it was fun to have like this fun mix of everything. And then, uh, uh, like the, the opera and the aria and the hip hop and the, the the dance club mix. It was like, in 1997, it was yeah, yeah. you could do that in 1997. Right. Oh, was Aaron said yeah, that? Yeah, okay, right, yeah, I was, yeah. I was well, waiting for you to say it was me. I was yeah. going leaning into oh, the bed. It, it would be the third <laughs> so, time today yeah, saying that. Best, yeah, rule of it was it was nominated for an Oscar for best effects, sound effects, editing. It won a BAFTA for best special effects. I buy that. Um, it, there's a bunch of sort of unknown awards that I'm not going to repeat because they're like really low end. But it won of a lot of independent awards for costuming and Good. art direction and cinematography, production design, uh, dramatic presentation. Got Hugo. Hugos are fairly well known. So, yeah. But so, there's a bunch of French yeah. ones. I mean, there's a lot of details I remember, like, of the themes and the vibes and the colors, but particular scenes where I, I said today, I've watched the movie a bunch. I said today, oh, yeah, I forgot that happens. But the best well, one is it was nominated for Best Fight for the MTV Movie Awards for the fight between Milijokovic and the Aliens. It would be an MTV award. <laughs> yeah. I, it did the, not the, win, Those have awards for have. Best Kiss, Dan. So the, the pushback on this movie, I, like, I think this movie's phenomenal. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I would agree all four of us feel that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so the, but the pushback that people have, is it kind of this... Um, Insistence, like I know, like the the Battlestar Galactica um, reboot got a lot of negative response because there was like too much religion of this proto religion that featured yes in in that show and how it progressed, and and I don't want to give too much away for like the 
one or two people that maybe haven't seen this movie yet, but there is some like religion or feeling or stuff that's not really typical sci-fi that features the yeah, fifth element, sci-fi. right? And I wonder. Well, no, I get. I know what you're talking about, but I'm, I'm currently trying to think of other sci-fi movies that have religion in it. Maybe Prometheus. I mean, sort you, of, you've but... got the, the Force, you know. But that seems to yeah. get a pass, you know, because it's so simple and so abstracted. The, the Force really is abstracted. The Force is treated like a not reductionist, but just. Simplified. Simplified, simplified Buddhism. But so let's then ask for the fifth element, the, for the the people that push back against it, or the people that that don't call it a great. Why? What is your what's address the, so we can punch you? Well, yeah, I was going to ask, well, like, what's the justification and why are they wrong? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So well, when, then, when, then you're asking us to play devil's advocate. I mean, I I personally don't see a lot of religion in here. Mm-hmm. Correct. When when Corbin Dallas brings I mean, Lilu, there, there's the struggle between good, good and evil, and yes. good is represented by love. When sure. when mm-hmm. she was and, taken, and that's present in several religions. Yes. When she was taken to the priest, and the door opened up, and I'm sitting here going, "Well, that candle, like Vito Cornelius, yeah." That that candelabra is a menorah, and which that, I had never seen before. And there were all kinds of like Islamic things on the wall. There were, I mean, um, it, it's just uh, like Vishnu. There right? were you guys Vishnu. Vishnu. Yeah. We spotted two different like Hindi, Hindi things, and I was just like, okay, so this is just like an overall religion. Well, I mean, they all say, religions. Yeah, together. it says like a, a priest of what was it? Priest of universal intergalactic universal religion. Like it yeah. just kind of covered everything, which makes sense. An omni priest. Kind of a multi sort of. a multi priest less so by so like priest like a multi pass but a priest <laughs> I see what you're doing this is a hilarious joke that I didn't catch what do you go guys uh, Bruce Willis is great in this he is like Mila Jovovich is terrific but he's just like this era of him being like a charming uh, uh, ass kicker I I, what, if I, I love it new to acting and to have such a huge role and to execute so well uh, M- Mila does a, a phenomenal job here I think I oh, mean yeah but the whole cast I, I can't I mean God, Gary Oldman Gary Oldman's phenomenal that guy's just rocking that Texas accent and just right. be, being such a snobby turd <laughs> and and I think that they they also drew I, I know I mentioned that there's a number of supporting actors and actresses that are like either from the DJ music scene Music producer, or also runway model. Yeah, like a, a Zorg's assistant. You're mm-hmm. saying was a DJ. Yep. Uh, one of the Mangalores in costume was a yep. model. The, I the, mean, they the look gorgeous. The so Mangalores that it. came up to the desk to say, yeah, "Hey, yeah. I'm Corbin Ellis, and this is my other." Yeah, no. The the woman who's there, she's got a she has a shaved head, and she always does. She doesn't grow her hair out. Mm-hmm. And she has a big head tattoo. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I remember. Like, she's also a runway model. I just. That's so cool. It's it's yeah. like, and, and, the th- and the thing you got to remember is, is like, and I think Blake pointed this out. It's like, oh, sorry for all the trash. And it's like, yeah, no. So you're in this, like, space station, and, like, half of it is filled with garbage. For some reason, I, I it's don't like, know if why I read. is that? Like, I want to say about? I read somewhere about it being, like, a, a strike. But I might be, be conflating it with other movies where they say sp- explicitly in, like, voiceover, Oh, it's a trash strike. We got garbage everywhere, and then you see trash everywhere. Well, it's and more of this immersive world building that they're doing. They don't. Yeah. They have to explain why. It's just what's going on. In right America, now. that would not happen. It happens in big, big cities, but in Europe, when the trash Ooh, people yeah. go on strike, yeah, it fills. It's a problem. Fast. It's yeah. a huge problem because they have to ship it overseas. There's nowhere to bury it. Everywhere's taken. We're here in America. We got lots of empty land where it can go into. But we're digressing. Boy, what a what a cool race we're a part of. I know. <laughs> I as, sure hope, as Lilo I sure, says, I sure hope every, weird giant metal wobbly aliens show up and save the day. <laughs> yes, as Lulu says, all we do is create things to destroy. So, and also chicken. Yeah, she yeah, says yes, chicken a couple times. Guess, let me yes. let me just ask in your in your cubicle <laughs> apartment that's got just you know it's the size of a, a shipping container or smaller, and you've got this one window slash door to the world where a beer vendor will pull up in a flying vehicle and sell you five beers. What beers would you choose? Which one are you starting with? Air. I would probably not start with the light ones. I would go with the heavy ones first. I think you guys well, that's what we did. accidentally picked some good ones to start with. We we had we, some really Again, good ones. we didn't pick the order, Dan. You did. <laughs> we just you, picked out the you beers. You picked the beers. All right, so we're yeah. walking around Cerveza, and we're like, hey, all right, this is the time of the podcast, so I think we're going to start talking about beers. We'll go back to the movie a few times, I'm sure, because we have to relate never. what in the beers <laughs> matched We're up. never talking about movies again. The fifth never. element is over. Every all movie right. is over. We're only, uh, we're only a beer podcast now. So we started out with 4 and 20 Black Imperial IPA 
from Culmination Brewing, and this is 9.5%. This is the biggest one we had tonight, and we started with this. This had a giant face full of hop bitterness. It says, mild, I, the notes I have is mild roast and subtle bitterness. I'm like, no. The first ship you have lie. is it's going to destroy your taste buds yeah. with bitterness. You are slapped in the face yeah. with hops. But you're Simcoe, intense. Chinook, Cascade, Centennial with a Midnight Wheat, a 40 Levelbon Caramel, Munich Roast, and a bit of rye malts. So this is a black IPA, which means it's going to be super hoppy, but black. I This is a beer that so, I homebrew. So what makes the color black? Like what? Because what, there's also like black lagers and Yes, stuff. correct. Midnight wheat is going to turn it black. I don't. So it's just a coloring. Midnight, I'm, so I'm not midnight doing a bit. Wheat, what is midnight wheat? So the term midnight refers to the amount of roasting. Oh. So it's going to be black. It's black oh, as midnight. Oh, okay. The way they make black garlic kind of. Correct. Like they so they're just going to oh, roast okay, it until cool. it's super black. And if you put something that's going to dissolve and add coloring to oh. your beer as a malt, you add something that's not going to impart a lot of flavor. Unfortunately, all of the hops and grains that they, that they use add a lot of bitterness and roast. You could, right. But when it warmed up, it got a little uh, little more tamed out. Correct. Aaron, is there tamed any, down, I guess. any interesting copy? The, there is the no marketing copy. No marketing I, lo- copy. I looked. All right, Make something right. up quick. In, in Lilu's <sighs> uh, made-up language. <laughs> Midnight. Midnight. That was beautiful. Yeah, oh my so, God. so four different hops, dry and smooth. I don't necessarily say it's smooth until it warms up because it's going to hit your taste buds pretty harsh up front. And it's going to be like, ah, shock. Is it meant to be drank warm? I, I would say this beer with the ABV level that it has, I would not necessarily drink it ice cold. I would let it okay. get tepid, maybe just below room temp, which is as we sipped it, it started warming up and it was a lot more approachable. Uh, uh, yes, but I think our palates also acclimated a bit as we... Yeah, as, as it killed our taste buds. Yeah. <laughs> that destroyed them. That, that, yeah, like I was Mangalore's, trying to say that. Like you know, Mangalore's attacking a cruise ship. I was trying to say that in a more diplomatic so, way. Yes. But yeah. So so this is a kind of <laughs> beer is fun. that's high enough and it's over 9%. So this is a beer you could put on your shelf unrefrigerated and it should be okay because it's got a ton of hops and it's high alcohol. So the bitterness level, as most as we've mentioned before, once you're over eight percent, you're sort of getting into the imperial, double, whatever you want to call it, level. And when you have that much alcohol, that tends to kill a lot of the bacteria. So it a survives longer, but also because ah. they this has a ton of IBUs, is so super hoppy, that's also going to help it survive. So you could age this on the shelf or put it in your fridge and it, it, let it sit for a year, and I bet it's going to taste the same. Uh, we're, we're it's not gonna. It's not gonna age that much. Higher ABV styles were those originally developed as like a preservation. Well, like I mean, it's hard like, alcohol or wine is is a lot higher alcohol. Oh, Beer so it's, was it's developed lower. for fun. I, now I get it. Beer is the lower <laughs> of the alcohol alcohols. Right. If you do a higher ABV, it's going to last longer on the shelf. I was thinking maybe they wanted to keep this nutritive value, and like you know, before, before refrigeration, they were trying to preserve these carbs. No. Okay. It's all good. Hey, carbs are beautiful and important. Hey, I'm, I'm, carbs are the fifth element. Blake. Don't 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 yes, mansplain to me, Aaron. I was laughing at the way Dan said no. <laughs> all right, funny. so so getting ready to move on to the next beer. Yes, I personally don't think this fit very well with the film. It was it was kind of so bitter and mm-hmm. complex, and this movie is kind of a light approach to a heavy subject. It's complex, but, like, but zany. Does That's it represent little... air? It's does also... it represent the complexities that air is in? No, all... it, it was not light all right. at all. So you guys failed in picking this beer out, but that's okay, because good try. I liked it. There were birds on agree. the label. There's birds on the label. They're yeah. flying. It's in air. It's all good. Right. Good attempt. Dan Agreed. sprung this job on us. <laughs> I'm just going to throw him under the bus. We didn't pl- expect this. <laughs> hey, we, we did the best we could. No, you we did. did. I gave up immediately. <laughs> okay, the rest of us did the All best right. we could. So moving on to number two. We're going to try to get through these quickly and not spend an hour just talking about beer. All right. Sorry. So. It, can I drop real fast for the, for the just for the last beer? The Cohen Western. No Country for All Men. I think it would fit a lot better with something like that. Something kind of bleak and, and you know, something you, you sip the beer slowly while you watch. Sisu. Yeah, yeah. This would be a phenomenal yes. Sisu. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Big, Sorry. heavy, dark, roasty, bitter. Uh, not a starter beer. This is going to assault your taste buds. Yeah. You've been but, warned. But the second beer. Sorry. I just wanted to Good jump beer, on to just not for this film. Yeah. I think we all are on, on yeah. board with that. So Earth was the second one. These guys had picked out a beer, and I was like, I don't know go with that one. So <laughs> I had backup beers in the fridge. 
uh, Ninkasi, our friends, uh, Ryan and Bill, shout out to them, had given us some old Ninkasis that they had floating around that they had been given. And I was like, hey. Grenade beers. Yes, they're grenades. So this is a standard size can, not a tall boy. All the other ones were tall boys. So I had to get two of these out. And Total Domination IPA is a Northwest IPA with grapefruit, pine, and a whole bunch of bitterness at 6.7%. This has 81 IBU, so a bunch of bitterness. But the can art is beautiful and has a can it has a mountain on it. And if we're talking about earth, which is the second element that exactly fits. So this is not the original recipe. So this Northwest IPA variant of total domination IPA, which was just a standard West coast. It's a little bit lighter in its flavor profile, but it's the same. I think it may be even a little higher ABV. It's super aromatic but it's balanced. I think it does have enough of the malt body that it's not the bad. The bitterness isn't just going to kill your palate. You have something to kind of support it with just like earth. And it's super dry on the back, which I appreciate with an IPA. Some don't necessarily linger dry. This one does linger a bit dry. What do you guys think about the tropical fruit, pine and citrus notes that exist within this beer? I couldn't, I couldn't put my, my finger on it uh, immediately, but within as, as soon as you said grapefruit and pine, uh, like it, it clicked for me. For me, um, I've had Total Domination before. I'm familiar with Ninkasi. You know, they're just down from Eugene, not that far. It's a it's a nice. I mean, IPAs really aren't my most most favored style, but this is a nice example of one. Um, I do kind of like that more citrus, and especially when when IPAs get kind of that pine resinous sort of quality to them. I appreciate that too. So, I think it's a nice IPA. Um, I don't know. There are ways that I think this did match the movie. Um, you know, kind of thinking more of that lightness, uh, certainly as a departure from the uh, the four and twenty culmination brewing. But I mean, I was that's what I was going to talk about. I didn't catch any of the uh, the citrus or anything. Anything to cause I drink. I think this tastes kind of like a foot. I'd rather have something hoppy. different. It's going to be hopping bitter. But hoppy. this yeah. one was <laughs> a little bit better. Maybe it's, it's just in comparison to the previous one. But it reminded me, Luc Besson uh, allegedly fought for a lot of the action scenes to be during the day because he was exhausted with sci-fi movies, having everything dark. Everything's in dark. The, you know, like dark, uh, low lighting in the spaceship, no light in space, because it's easier for special effects to you know kind of cheat a little bit and save some money by going, oh, no, you can't see the whole thing. It's just in shadow. I, I feel like this matched the movie a little bit better. It, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I would also say that, uh, and maybe it's can, in comparison to the first beer, but the hop profile was much narrower, narrower in flavor, yeah. and much easier to deal with. Yeah, and I I didn't taste a lot of pine myself, but I did mm-hmm. taste the grapefruit. Again, this is a variation on their original recipe. Their original recipe is a little bit more astringent and bitter. Moving on to beer number three, we're going to keep things rolling. So, Long Rain Hoppy Rice Lager from Great Notion Brewing here in Oregon, here in Portland, actually just down the street. Uh, this is a Japanese rice lager inspired by the eternal rains of Venus, which, you know, we're in space, we're doing stuff. Uh, that might be based to... on the, uh, well, I mean, the actual rains and a uh, Ray Bradbury short story where a guy goes insane because he's uh, stuck on Venus and just yeah. getting rained on 24-7. So this one... It's a, be- it's a horrifyingly beautiful short story. Yeah, so 4.9. I don't know what the IBUs are, but uh, real simple, thin. So we went really super strong up in your face to not so up in your face to then just something that's really light. And I think that was a nice transition to go to something to kind of cleanse the palate a little bit. This one has a little bit of uh, sweet hay flavor from the malts, lemon zest or lime zest, uh, and then a little bit of wildflower hit off of the yeast. And just on the back end, I think this is one of the better beers that this brewing company does. They are known for their Big, giant, crazy, oh, yeah. sours. But they've won yeah. awards for juicy IPAs, yes. too. Yeah. They, they yeah, these big, guys make big weird beers. beers. They make weird, giant, big beers. So this movie's them, full of weird, giant aliens. <laughs> it is. So I was not displeased with you guys picking. You, you can thank Aaron Russian for beer. that one. Uh, he pointed out it had said long rain, and I wanted to stop having to do any actual what? work for the podcast. So I said, sure thing. Actually, <laughs> Brian, Brian said it to me first, and I just repeated what <gasps> nice. he said. Oh, nice. <laughs> so Brian wins. Yeah. yeah. One pint. I'm tall the force boy. behind the curtain. So we we split this tall boy four ways. 
Any thoughts, guys? I thought this is nice. I thought uh, the part of the movie we got to, I think, was the cruise ship portion when we were drinking this. Yeah, that was the it exact fit right, very nicely. Yeah, that was, yeah, it's like where some of the be- the more memorable wacky scenes happen. It's when Ruby Rod has his uh, legendary <laughs> legendary episode. Pod podcast radio cast it's, it's radio. It they keep saying radio stellar cast yeah. stellar cast yeah. it's uh, space radio so I know we want to kind of keep things moving wrong but no, th- this, no, no, no. let's really sit in it but this is a, a rice lager so yes. how is the brewing process different using rice as your primary sugar source yeah yeah it's just an adjunct so it's a cheat it's cheaper to use that than grain normal <gasps> grains. While yeah, the Aaron, are the, the phrase adjunct lager isn't always a swear word. Yes. <laughs> we got to bleep that out. We got to bleep you out. <laughs> most of the adjunct pilsners that you get from American breweries that are hot garbage are made with rice, a lot of them. Rice uh-huh. or corn. I mean, I'll the just ones call them out. Bud Light's ad campaign was rice, rice water, yeast, hops? Yeast and hops. Like, it says yeah. on the can, like, yeah. the three ingredients. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, it's why it tastes they don't. Fine. They don't use any yeast. And, they just and filtered garbage. Yes, they left that off the can for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So this one is slammed, as they say in the marketing copy, with Lorien from Indie Hops. So oh. that's what gives it this kind of really kind of interesting hop profile that's not traditional with pilsners. It's a little bit different. It's got some hay quality and the wildflowers and the lime, which isn't necessarily a pilsner approach, and that's okay. Uh, I really like this beer a lot. I, I think this was a nice break between what we had after and mm-hmm. what came before. Yeah. Uh, so having to deal with water and water in it was like, I'm sweating so much, I'm going to take the water off my face and put it on the rock to have water do its thing. I think you know, approachable and doable. Yeah. I, I would say of the five beers, I like this one the most. I felt like this fit with the movie the most uh perhaps because it was lighter mm-hmm. and this film was kind of a lighter jaunt through sci-fi yeah aaron any thoughts oh no i'm already looking for the, the next copy one. on the, the next fourth one. beer okay <laughs> so moving on to the fourth beer moving on to the fourth we have cold fire brewing west coast ipa called thursday friday obviously representing fire which was the fourth of the elements that they spent an inordinate amount of time trying to like not breathe on the match that he struck. <gasps> and then there was a little breeze and it was like, you know, yeah, there, there was a high tension moment in the yes. film trying to evoke the fifth or the fourth element, which was fire. Yes. Right. And will the fire survive? Will, will the, the fire, fire survive? survive? Yes. Thursday is the new Friday based on their marketing copy. This is crushable and crisp. Thursday, Friday is a West coast IPA that has everything you need to get the early weekend vibes, right? Uh, we show in a spotlight on the classic notes of berry, pine, citrus, and tropical papayas by getting the most out of both Simcoe and Mosaic hops, which they probably dry hopped it with uh, throughout the brewing process, uh, finishing it off with a hefty dry hop addition, as I just said. Uh, this thirst-quenching thirst quenching Northwest IPA is a refreshing citrusy aroma, crushable body, and exciting punch of fruity flavor and clean and dry finish. All that copy is not on the can. I had to read oh, that. No, the there. copy that's on the can is really short. Yeah. It's uh, work, work, work. Then it's time to chill a chill. Yes. I did not think this was a bad beer for the movie. I thought it worked a little bit. It was not super forward. Uh, kind of a more restrained West Coast IPA, not super piney as a lot of them can be. Thoughts on this one? Uh, well, I'm going to be really candid. Um, after you know five different examples, I don't remember the details of this fourth one. <laughs> I can go grab a can and we can open it up and give you a sip reminder. And everyone's staring at Blake because he's closest to the fridge. It's I true, mean, but do we want? Don't, don't skip me. Do we we're not going to skip you. Okay, let's move on. Blake's moved. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think I, we'll, I think we'll I liked it. I, I just don't. I don't. Yeah, we, we'll just vamp for three minutes. Well, I don't remember the detail. Yeah. And yeah, I think I, at this point, I was like so engrossed in the movie because this is a film I had seen before, but I had forgotten way more than I expected. Right. A lot of interesting things happening in the movie yeah. towards the back end where all of the action is kind of crammed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting yeah. that the pacing, and we haven't really talked a lot about that, the pacing of the film occurs in short spurts. 
there's a lot of action and then some dialogue and some linkage between the action sequences. Well, and, and, and the way that they will jump from one situation to another immediately and kind of splice them together. Yeah, the, there the, are three yeah. simultaneously uh, explosions, we'll yes. say. What, what, was yeah. term, what was the term for okay, that, Brian? So, yeah, I mean, Hot we, splicing. we're, we're, we're going to step go back there. from let's, beers for a second. Let's go and, there. And we're going to talk about cross-cutting. And, and this film really does a good job of cutting from three, two or three to four or five completely different scenes that enhance the scenes around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, different locations, different characters, yet they some, drive the story forward. Some parallel actions yeah. that. Uh, expound on the the other scenes around them. Well, they, they serve but, as a point of like uh, context and also comparison for correct. how yeah. these situations unfold, kind of concurrently. If if you need an example, you can probably think of in the first Awesome Powers when they're making all the jokes about the genitalia shaped rocket flying across the the sky and them going. Well, what is that? It looks like a giant willies. Get your willies here. It's big, long hot dogs. Well, what is that? Oh, man. It looks kind of like a Johnson, Asian Johnson. Kind of like that. Yeah. Like so where it, it's that enhanced. is one example That's of, the joke, of cross-cutting. Uh, in this film, for example, the diva, the opera singer, is mm-hmm. singing. And at the same time, Lilu is having a fist fight. To, to the rhythm of the song. To the rhythm of the song. With the Bangalores in it, the rhythm of the night. In, in a, in I also song. thought that in a different it. location. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, also the uh, Corbin got to the airport, the ship port, spaceport, spaceport, spaceport. There's that scene, or maybe when, or when the uh, Mangalores went to deliver the stones to Zorg, and it kept cutting to Lilu explaining in her, you know, She's super laughing. celestial language, like you know. It's basically saying, well, they couldn't be trusted to have the stones, so we had to move the stones somewhere else. Right. And, and then at the going, same Where time, are the stones? And she says, oh, the stones are with this other person who are over, yada, yada, yada. And then it cuts to someone else going about something else. I, right. I forgot how much this movie does that, and I really like it. Right. But yeah. but they, they use cross-cutting very well in this film. Mm-hmm. Very successfully. And, and speaking of successful, let's talk about the fourth beer, which we now have all have a taster of. Yes, yes, all of and us. Blake's definitely Mr. not sipping on the long rain again. <laughs> Mr. Aaron, your thoughts now that it's in front of you. So this is Cold Fire Thursday Friday IPA. So this is a nice, not aggressive IPA. It's a, it's a lot more subtle. It's very subtle. I, I think it fits the West Coast, Northwest style in that it's not aggressive. It does have a little pine and a little citrus and maybe I don't really get any tropical. It's, it's dry though, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate. It's not sweet at all. It's very dry front, middle, back. And and then it just falls. There's it, nothing that lingers on geez, it. it really a, a, a little a little bit bitterness towards the end, but yeah. that, that mm-hmm. like there's not a long tail. It doesn't hang yeah. out on your palate. Um, it's kind of like you know, if you want your guests to leave quickly, this is the beer for it. I mean, well, like, <laughs> hold this on, in your let, house. No, let me say no, this a because way. it doesn't taste like garbage. It, wait, yeah, yeah. So that's, the next that's time that's I come hang meant. out, and you serve this. Is that my clue to just get out? No, I mean like this. The, this clears off your palate really quickly. Um, so you does. can go eat Cheetos <laughs> and yeah. Lilu multipass and cheese curds, right? Yeah, yeah. Cheese curds. but it, no, it it um, it, it kind of cleans up after itself real quick, is what I meant. Yes, yeah. I didn't say it. And that and, way. and that might may explain why why both Aaron and I didn't really have a memory of this beer because mm-hmm. it just fit. It tastes like it cross just, cutting. It, yeah, it it just goes away. And by the time we had the fourth beer, we were well into the action of the film, yeah. right? So. Uh, I assume that's why not, I not a bad beer. It went fine with the film. Yeah. I think maybe it's like yeah, the didn't maybe distract. The, the beer that it didn't matches distract. the best. It's the beer you don't notice. It's like music. but it also wasn't yeah. memorable. Uh, the soundtrack you, that doesn't distract, and that's not necessarily a bad notice. thing. And th- I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's. A bad I assumed thing. I didn't notice it because I love this movie so much. And at this point, I was fully in into the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're you're, you're, you're talking to Brian. <laughs> yeah, because we love film. Yeah, Brian's my couch. We nerd out when. Listener, when we watch the movies, we sit in Dan's uh, man cave on this big, spread long uh, sofa, and Brian and I are, are sofa buddies. Right, we yes. are. We we <laughs> he said real sad, like yeah, we are. <laughs> we are. You have to sit next to we, me. Oh my god, we, we make don't comments wanna... to each other so we don't drive the other two nuts. Yeah, right. Because we got the two good. people that focus, hyper focus on the movie, and and they're not sitting next to the two conversationalists, which is the best arrangement. Yes. But I do occasionally yell at Aaron because it's fun. And then I do occasionally spout off of like, oh what? my God, those suspenders match her hair color and it matches his shirt color. Wow. Yes. And her hair. 
Right. Okay, so appropriate for children or not? No, because there uh, is kids some wouldn't nudity. Get this. They wouldn't get it. There's, there's, every there's child should see Mila Jovovich's boobs. <clears throat> yes, maybe when they're. 14 to 18 years old. I think yeah. that's an age range that might be appropriate Absolutely. for this because at that but point they know what it is and they've seen I'm it I'm pretty sure I was in my like, like early teens when I saw this. Like, I, went, I saw this All in right. the theater. Plain devil's advocate, though. Yeah. Uh, her boobs are not sexualized. No, no correct. No, in exactly. any way, shape, or form. Right. And they're actually fairly small, so you're not missing anything. Shoot, she, she's very size sexualized. doesn't matter that way, Dan. Neither, neither here nor there. What I'll say though, if you have a like a younger viewer, maybe that's got an already budding interest in sci-fi, and you know they've seen a couple of other different titles, and maybe you want to deepen that sci-fi interest, and and you know show them something that's different. Fifth Element, I can't think of anything that's quite like it. Um, I mean, there's the David Bowie thing oh. with uh, Zig, Buzz, Buzz, Ziggy, Buzz, Stardust. Uh, Ziggy Stardust. Stardust. Um, the, man, the man, the man who fell to earth. The man who fell to earth is the one that he was in. Yeah. Oh, there's also a uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. That's that's pretty spectacular. So yeah. <laughs> so, but we're digressing. So we're, we're we, talking about what's the fifth beer. We, I like this beer. Have, and I like this movie. <laughs> I like this beer. I like this movie. So the last fifteen to ten minutes of the movie, I was like, hey, we have one more beer to try. So I thought. I had already purchased this beer previous to our going to survey. So this was a couple of days ago. I was down at Arbor Lodge Beer House and Brewery. I, I'm Is it the place that used to be Long Look? Yeah, Look Long Brewing. I forgot that they changed it. Or... It's no, it turned into Arbor Lodge okay. Brewing. And they're trying to kind of, they have their own beers. They have like 10 taps and five of them are theirs. And then they have a big cooler that they've put in that has a bunch of beer to go. Labyrinth, Which, not the man okay. who fell to Earth. Okay, okay. Ah, okay. uh, yes, yeah, a yeah, classic yeah, yeah. Sci-fi, sci-fi film, sci-fi. Labyrinth, fantasy, <laughs> it's a fantasy film. But In anyway. this interstellar, and, I mean, yeah. so, so I was, I was, I was there the other day, and I was like, "Hey, I know I'm going to watch this movie." And so, do they have any collaboration beers? And they do. They have a Heady Alice and Upright Brewing. And it just says B-I-P-A on it. Hold on. Did you actually tell them you're watching The Fifth Element and you yes. needed a beer for it? Yes. That's amazing. I we we that. actually do that whenever I'm out with Dan and we, uh, we know what we're going to watch. He'll occasionally hit up the, the brewer. And it's fun to hear, see the brewer. Wheels turning. Wheels right, turning. The, their the eyes light up. cranking, creaking the, to life. What I always see is their eyes light up and go, ooh, what beer of mine would match with that? Because some brewers are now like brewing beer to match with stuff. So this is a Belgian IPA, 6.2%, and we have some funky... There's a lot of funky stuff. Some of it is funky marketing copy. Uh, When the day and the time and the grind take their toll, stand upright and get in your soul. Wow, it even rhymes. I didn't hear the word Colmadina anywhere in there. That's not funky Funky at all. Colmadina. Make my beepa the pee beepa. Parliament Funkadelic. Do you have to go to the bathroom area? What's happening? <laughs> no, par- <laughs> P-Funk, man. B- oh, so this is a Belgian IPA. So this is using Belgian fun. yeast. So this is a traditional IPA recipe, I'm assuming, because that's what Hedy Alice does. And for those that know Upright mm. Brewing, which is here, we've done beers from them many times, and I've been at their tap house many times and their brewery a few times myself with other friends. They do a lot of funky stuff. It's upright so it's, the uh, spot that ha- that feels like a little industrial. Yes, with all the shared space. So it's a beautiful. If space. you're in Portland, they're down by the Rose Quarter. Yeah, yeah. They're in between um, Broadway and Wheeler. Uh, does Hedy Alice have a location too? They like, do not have a tap room yet. I was going to say I, we had one really of theirs. It was maybe we've, not the last episode, maybe yeah. two ago. We've we've done some beers from them. They do good yeah. stuff. The guy yeah, was worked impressed. at another brewery and he just went out on his own and he's using equipment from other places to brew their beer, which is there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Was he this doesn't the have his left. Or? Yeah, he he's got some. <laughs> Uh, at some point he will open a location it'll probably be down in the Corvallis area because I think that's where they're at okay but they brew here in town I believe it does say Portland it does say Portland so Hedy Alice does amazingly good stuff their recipes are tight on point everything I've had from them is really good Upright does a lot of funky stuff so if Mm -hmm. you we we also have the the, I I have a sixth beer which I'm not going to necessarily talk a whole lot about but it's There's from no Upright. Sixth Element Heresy. There's There's no sixth sixth element. Element. The Sixth Element is drunk. No, it the priests drunk. will come after you with their priest Gestapo. Priest I know. I was like, oh, I need one more. I need something I mean, to He seemed generally nice, just kind of freaked out. He seemed a little overly panicked and those aliens seemed pretty chill. <laughs> they did. It's, unless you shoot a, like a a hand-held auto pistol at him. Luger? Is that what It was like a Luger that was like an auto auto pistol. Auto. I don't know what the heck it's it a, was. It's a German thing. 
Yeah. And they said, oh, are you German? And I'm like, well, you're Oh, a what a pistol. perfect transition. I happened to find the trivia I was telling Brian about right. earlier. When they appear, uh, the professor says, asks, are you German? In the German version, he asks, Sinsei Herr von der Erde? Which uh, roughly translates to, are you from here? Earth? Ah. Which I was trying to remember what other location do they say? Because usually when they dub for countries where you reference that country, they'll have a different country to reference. Correct. To make sense for the scene. And I kind of like that the Germans said, you know what? We'll just have a mask there from Earth. That seems fun. It seems like a cop out. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. All right. To so go with Germany. <laughs> funky collaboration to end the evening with. Was this appropriate or not? I mean, this, this I beer. I don't remember this beer. Had some funk on it. <laughs> It smelled a little funky. Mm-hmm. It tasted a little farmyard. Mm-hmm. Aaron was like, oh, this is my jam. I was like, this is my jam. Somebody said like, oh, it smells like socks. And I was like, no, these are delicious socks. Try Dan, because Dan always uses that comparison. <laughs> yummy, yes. yummy socks. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Uh, so, I mean, there is, I, I feel like there, there, there there's a, a spectrum of funk. And, you know, it, it can be too funky. It can be too much. Yes, it can it also can. claim to be funky, but not be funky enough. And this this was, I think, kind of in the like lower moderate funk zone. How, how much bass did this beer have? The bass didn't drop yet, Blake. That, so was that's this EDM. A, that's not funk. Was, was this brick house or was this flashlight? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, this was the mothership, Brian. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Let's go there. Interesting beer. I, I, I interesting thing to kind of wrap it up with to kind of draw your attention to the end. It ended slowly. This had a really, it, it had like a five minute burn where but it it's was like tense, man. They, they, they got to the final moment. She destroyed the evil. And then it's like five minutes of waiting. Well, there's no, a like joke up, up where to, up our, to them getting to stopping the evil, they, they didn't, they didn't have a, a counter on screen. So you're left wondering, oh my God, how much time do we actually have? And then when it gets to the guy counting, you're like, oh no, 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 no. And then the, but I mean, and so after you know, as as the film is kind of moving into the finale, there's this like happy feel good joke about the protagonist's mother calling uh, <laughs> the leading, president. You don't sound leading, like the president, right? Yeah. Once again, and, rule of threes is the third time she calls. Yep. Right, and, you know, and it's kind of this like it gives you you as a viewer time to kind of let down from the tension that uh, you know had been building up through that that third. Don't act. forget how the the door opens with two men just laughing as if they they came at the end, tail end of a joke like. <laughs> Yeah, they did. They did that. Yeah, yeah they that, did that. that adds right. to the the tension yeah. breaking. Right. Yes. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It does. You're not allowed to judge me over this. I know this movie better than you. <laughs> you do. So, are they going to do another one in five thousand years? Um, Luke Besson's considered doing a sequel in five thousand years. I mean, what, just it didn't what say would it didn't it be give about. I don't know. The next one, maybe what life is like between the apocalypses. Like, where do you go? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't I really imagine, get Bruce Willis I imagine, to come back and do it. Self-contained. I imagine yeah. he would make it just in the world when there's not an apocalypse happening. Like, what's a day in the life of a regular Joe around here? Well, they can't oh, use man. Bruce Willis because he's not acting Well, anymore. yeah, Dan, I'm not well, saying it has to be him. I'm saying it would just be about some regular schmo. I, 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 Blake, I think you're onto something here. So yeah. in sci-fi, there's kind of this trope of so often the, the plot is revolving around such high stakes. You're saving the Earth or you're saving the universe, and those are really the two choices you get. And, and to me... Like, okay, Galaxy Universe, quibbles, man. But White dwarfs. But uh, this, this, this film does the same thing. It's like you're saving every living thing in the universe. And to me, that's kind of like, eh, it's a little tired. Yeah. It's a little overdone. <laughs> Been there, but done that. I give this movie, like, I forgive it that. You know, I give it a free pass to do that. A multi-pass, if you well, will. Well, by the 90s, it wasn't that much of a trope, was it? Unless you count, a, unless you're counting, like, Saturday morning cartoons as well, because that was kind of their bread and butter for I a while. I feel like it's yeah. been a long-running sci-fi thing. Like, the Andromeda strain is going to blow up everybody in well, Baltimore. Like, the, the Earth, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. So, high stakes. Yeah, so, so like Star the next Wars, movie, I mean, you know, tyranny over freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, and, and we got and, nine movies about that. And, and Boy, literally howdy. Star Trek, uh, which is on, like, they're making another one, a Picard Star Star Trek film based on the TV two seasons of the TV series and how the very that first has two one two seasons yeah cool but you know like I don't, I don't but the, the whole thing was like this alien came to the planet and it's going to destroy it unless 
the protagonist convinces it not to. Well, the, the, the great counter example I can think of is Firefly. It's just a captain who survived the Civil War. He's got his crew. Yeah. He's out in the in the universe in the it's vastness a space, of it. It's and a space and he's and country just trying western to trying to trying to get live, along, live his truth. Yep. Say, and same so, with uh, Cowboy Bebop. And so just I would to get paid. I would love a Fifth Element sequel if it has that same sort of scope where it's like there's a captain out there. He's just doing his thing. And it's not the high stakes trying to save the universe. Maybe again. he runs into it, some Mangalores once in a it, while. It's Lilu and... trying not to be the savior of the universe. She's running Ooh, away from her past. I like that. Maybe she's running away. Or this is a she prequel sh- where she's awake, obviously, because her hand is in the holding something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what happens be in that 300 years? They, they could do a prequel in that moment where it's like, what is leading up to that? Like, why did they she have is to give fighting the zombies. She's fighting zombies. Umbrella Corp. <laughs> space zombies. And they're Mangalores because they have funny the, ears and they look like space trolls. That's very good. Orcs. I'm here for that. But I kind of desperately want to see Lilu evading the press after being the savior of humanity. And I imagine she'll outlive Bruce Willis because she's the perfect being. I imagine she doesn't age that quickly. Well, she's been in like 20 films and she hasn't aged at all. Ugh, she looks the same. Yeah. It's one of those weird, like Dick Clark, like what deal with the devil did you make? Ugh. Yeah, that, that guy is that guy is definitely Doom material. He's one of the, the monsters from Doom. Yes. <laughs> but we digress. Now, this movie is so good. I definitely, I highly recommend it. I don't even want to put an age range on it. Like it's just. Whenever you want to show it to kids, show it to kids. Yeah. This is awesome. Eh, they'll get it if they're like 14 and older, yeah. I think. But yeah. I'd say like 12. <laughs> I, I remember I have seen this before, and I didn't realize how overdue I was to revisit it. I really enjoyed watching it again tonight. This is one of the movies I saw in the theater thinking, like I went with my dad thinking, that's basically a fun little movie day, and it just stuck. Like, oh my God, oh, this is so cool. Sci-fi can do this? Because Star Wars always bored me. Do I dare bring up? Valerian in the city of a thousand. Yeah, you don't need to. Okay. All right. His other movies not so great. We'll, but, we'll, we'll trick Brian and Dan into uh, watching it for another episode. And do I've, like a I've five seen it. One. Actually, oh. that's his, actually his a previous movie I film, like, Leon the Professional, is fantastic. A really also. good film. All right. So I, think, I would recommend that to everybody. <laughs> All right. So I would say I think we have four big thumbs up or yes. eight big thumbs up if we got both hands up. We have some, we had an interesting range of beers. I think we started with some really bitter, strong things, and then we ended sure a little bit more mild, and then had some funk at the end. And I think the funk worked with the strange, weird collaboration at the end, where it's like, hey, everybody work together, and we can conquer this. this. unlikely team of weirdos saving yes. the world. Yes, <laughs> including... Very, very loud podcast. Ruby Rod, Ruby coming, Rod. At, coming at you from Space Cast. Yeah, Ruby Rod, two priests, a taxi driver, and an alien. <laughs> yes. They so walk, walk into a bar. bar. <laughs> walk into a bar and say that that sounds like an anime I've seen. It's You've probably seen a few of them with that premise. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I think I think we all agree. Thumbs up on this one? Yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah. Now, right. now make sure, uh, and I'll try to do my best to say this in that Lilu language. Uh, which, which translated means hydrate or dihydrate. Yes. And we did. I think I, I was really pushing the water on us. I was like, here, we're going to drink a full taster glass of water in between each beer. Because these are, we started out. Well, really it, it cleansed like, the uh, palate it in addition it really to did. hydrating us. And, and I think if you're going to have a beer or two or four or five, pace yourself, do it effectively, share with your friends, and, uh, you know, have a good time. I think. Great film. Find some interesting beers that aren't necessarily super strong and in your face because this is what an hour and maybe two hours, a ninety yeah. minute, like hour, close to two hours. I think it's like two hours ten minutes. But a, yeah. but a fun film to enjoy with friends for sure. Yes. Right. And and they do have cuts of this on like TNT and like you can you can find it on it's cable. Pretty TV. well distributed. Uh, it's, two it's hours a, and six minutes. All right. So and you know you're gonna sit through the the credits to see all, all the the. Uh, SFX artists are yeah because they did a, they did a great job I applaud mm-hmm. them for this this um, is aged well from 1997 yeah oh, I I don't think yeah this is evergreen for sure yeah I don't think there's any problems we didn't I didn't see any problems with it nah, I dude. just our, our protagonist well. did kiss an unconscious uh, lady. There's a little Me Too at that point, but right. he realized his wrong right. doing very quickly. Within five minutes. And oh, five no, seconds. immediately yeah. with the gun to your head. You're like, why are you touching me? Well, he did, he did but later he, in reflection. he reflected it. Yeah. 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 And there that. was a translated bit of the uh, the holy language that she was speaking. And, and the words were, never without my permission. <laughs> yes. yep. yep. Me too much. 
Who knows if Feinstein had anything to do with this film, but if he did not, then there you go. Hopefully Ruby Rod got actual consent from those stewardesses. Well, I'm sure that they enjoyed it <laughs> as much as he did. Because, you know, you know, you dangle the dingle. <laughs> hey, I made him is, laugh. Is that more uh, Lilu Multipass talk? <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening, dear. You're yeah, welcome. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all the opinions expressed during the day this recording of those of the Especially hosts. that one. Especially that one. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, he's pouring himself more beer already. Wow. I've been doing this, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's Who pays attention to Enjoy me? yourself. Watch this movie if you can. Thanks for listening and hanging out. Thanks and for listening, listener. Uh, keep, uh, keep an eye on your Multipass. Until next time. This is Blake saying, renew your points on your license so you don't get hauled in. That was a weird detail that you had to have more points to yeah. not get. You lose points every time you get. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is Brian. Please watch this movie if you haven't. It's a great film. Thank yes. you for listening. Awesome. And as always, thanks for listening and hanging out. And we'll catch you on the next episode.